0: Hello and welcome to the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Apatria, joined by Harris Kermani here for this wonderful Thursday, December 23rd slate that we have. Eleven games. Who knows what it ends up turning into when it's all said and done. Another cancellation as we record this the night before during that Wednesday slate. But Harris, my friend, how are you?
1: Uh can't complain. Doing well. Much better than I can say for the what, 132 players that are in protocols now. So it seems like one in three, one in three in the NBA just happened to sit out and uh, seems like my week has been cut into a third as well. I just happened to sit home during this time as well.
0: It has been brutal. And that's uh, an understatement. I mean, I think we were just talking about our year long league where we're facing each other today. And I think you said to me, you'd "Be like, you know, at least you're going to win this week. I have seven people out uh and i have like 10 so it's just and this is deep roster so i mean yeah when we say 10 there yeah we have a couple players still in there and but it's a deep roster league and we uh i think we're probably two of the teams in the league taking the biggest brunt of this nonetheless we got dfs to turn to uh you know one one thing that we could be certain for is these these slates are never short of value but Before we jump into anything, quick shout-out to Thrive Fantasy guys. Come prop up with us over there during this NBA season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and eSports app only for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on the top-tier athletes. that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 of 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and under based on how likely it is to hit. It's simple. Hit the most props, rack up the most points, and win your share of a prize pool. Thrive has over fifty thousand dollars in guaranteed prizes weekly for the NBA and has awarded over six million dollars so far. So, head over there. Use the promo code ETHOS. That's E T H O S. When you sign up, receive a one hundred percent instant first deposit match on up to one hundred dollars. You can download Thrive Fantasy in your App Store or Play Store or visit their website at www.thrivefancy.com. Sign up, prop today, and use that promo code ETHOS, E-T-H-O-S. First game of the night, we have the Houston Rockets on the second half of a back-to-back traveling to Indiana. They are taking on the Pacers. We do not have the injury report for Houston, with it being a second half of a back-to-back for them. Uh For the Pacers, Malcolm Brogdon is questionable. T.J. McConnell and T.J. Warren both rolled out. I would be surprised to see didn't play this one. I think he's going to need some time off. Dealing with that Achilles soreness, we saw him play, I think it was like two or three minutes, it felt like, in that last game before they yanked him right out of there. But I'll pass it over to you. Uh, I'll, and keep in mind, I think this is probably going to be the theme going forward. Uh, we did not have a lot of game lines out. And I say that as this is one of the only ones we do have at a 219, with eight and a half point spread being favored towards Indiana. But – We do not have a lot of game lines. We probably won't with everybody getting rolled in and rolled out last minute. But again, I will pass it your way looking at this Houston team. Yeah, and I think
1: as the theme will be throughout the night, there's 11 games over here, and you always have to end up picking and choosing your poison. And out of all the games that are out there, it's probably one where I wouldn't expect myself to have too, too much exposure on the Houston side. Uh, you've you've seen Armani Brooks get the start in the last game as well, and he's been pretty consistent into that 30 minutes range. At 4,600, that's a pretty decent uh, value spot for him to be able to continue. Uh, I probably have to see what he's doing tonight, but he seemed to be doing all right early on in the game. But in general, just that point guard, shooting guard eligibility, he's getting the usage. He's going to be going up against a beleaguered Indiana backcourt and uh, get the opportunities to be able to hit as many shots as he would get his hands on. So, he's probably the main guy i'm also looking at a little bit of kj martin as well just as a uh, a bit of a pivot again just from a usage standpoint and uh, that power forward eligibility staying away from christian wood it's just the price tag is probably pretty fair for where he's at and you know Sangoon's just not getting enough minutes so i can't go with him tonight so with the houston the two value plays and i think you'll start to see a lot of that with the the guys i
0: wish to spend up with and just fix them with, with some of the values at the other end not much more needs to be said. I completely agree with you. Probably won't end up with anybody on Houston. On the Indiana side of the ball, I think if Brogdon sits, we can start to look at you know Duarte at 5K. It's a comfortable price tag, up-paced matchup for them. A uh, little no defense being played by Houston nowadays, so I think Duarte. Uh, Levert is priced appropriately for the situation. Otherwise, I'd have a little bit more interest in him. But he's definitely a rock-solid GPP play, but we've seen a lower floor from him on occasion, so I don't think I trust him in cash. Those are the two main guys I'm looking at.
1: Yeah, I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head. And uh, with Brockton out, I may also have a little bit more interest in uh, O'Shea Brissett, just because they end up playing him in a number of these different lineups as they go smaller. Uh, got, you know, the mid-20 minutes mark in the last game against Miami, which you know, was a blowout per se, but he is finding himself in more of those kind of main lineups for there. I like his price tag to be able to hit that. Got 26 and a half in that one. So, again, as a
0: pivot from everything else, a good value play. He's uh, he's a look in for me. All right, we'll keep it moving. Another 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. New Orleans Pelicans traveling to Orlando. Orlando on the second half of the back-to-back as well. For the injury report, nothing for Orlando back-to-back. But for the Pelicans, Zion, Jonas, Didi, Kira Lewis Jr., Jared Harper are all ruled out. We do not have a game line for this one just yet. I will pass it over to you. Talk about these Pelicans and who we can take advantage of with Jonas out. Yeah, absolutely. And it leaves
1: them with a lot of interesting situations and how they're going to have to essentially go either bigger with uh, Hernan Gomez starting, which is what I'm thinking they're going to end up doing. But he's just one of those guys that never really gets into a situation where he plays more than 20 to 25 minutes. But as far as his price tag is concerned, that's a rock solid play to be able to get him. His upside is definitely going to be around that 30 uh, DK points. So getting him at 3,800 is a great spot to be able to do that. And he's going to split some minutes with Jackson Hayes as well, which could be an interesting pivot where, you know, deciding on where they end up going. Jackson Hayes is one of those guys who's just pure energy all the time. So he probably doesn't need uh, anything more than, say, 18 to 20 minutes to be able to hit it. But again, if you're looking for uh, the bargain side, that's where you're going at. On the other end, though, uh, where I do think there is, you know, rock solid floor and some pretty decent upside is with Josh Hart, who's been coming in absolutely hot over his last two games, uh, 40.75 in that one, in the previous one against Portland, uh, 43 against Milwaukee the game before, and he's just playing every single minute for this uh, Pelicans lineup. He's been. In my opinion, their most important player <laughs> defensively and just uh, being able to kind of mix with all the other lineups that are there. Uh, his price tag still hasn't really risen uh, to be able to match the fact that he is just so much more involved. But uh, at 6200, he's probably one of my uh, favorite kind of mid-tier guys and with the upside to probably drop 40 in a matchup like this.
0: Not much more needs to be said. You're killing it. Uh, I think our excellent, nice mid-tier little play. I think looking at I, I would definitely lean more towards Hernan Gomez than I would Jackson Hayes. Uh, just because he's a great point per minute producer, you said it yourself. We've seen 35 DK point games out of him in 20 minutes. Uh, bump it up a little bit. That's you know we don't need him to play 30 or 35, but if he could play anywhere in those mid 20s, 26 minutes would be a sweet spot that I would be perfectly comfortable with paying that price tag. A lot of games, a lot of center value. He'll probably be pretty chalky, nonetheless, but I still think he's a great option. On the Orlando side of the ball, I'm just going to keep leading into the guys I've been playing. Uh, it's that simple. Robin Lopez, 4,500. Dude continues to crush every single night. I think he almost put up another 40 DK points tonight around that 37 mark. Uh, Chumo Kiki at 5,100. Dude's just been racking up steals left and right. Uh, I I didn't see what he finished, but I saw he had another six-steal game uh, with time left on the clock tonight. So I think those are the two main guys I'll be looking at. Franz at 7,400. I think we'll have better mid-tier plays to look at, but he's always certainly an option. Knowing his consistent role, how consistent he's been all season. So those are the three guys I'll keep in my player pool, but I'm mostly going to be looking at Okiki and Lopez.
1: Yep, fair enough. And I think uh, apart from those three, I'll also throw Gary Harris in there, just purely from the fact that uh, he's been getting the shot attempts as required, plus he's been at uh, the mid to high 30 minutes. We've seen what he's done in past years in situations where he gets a little bit more usage. He's always been one of those under the radar guards who can do a little bit more. He's had uh, back-to-back 34-plus DK point games as well. So, Uh, Just having that small forward eligibility at that price tag makes them interesting for me. And the other three, you've already hit the nail on the head.
0: All right, we'll keep it moving. Atlanta Hawks traveling to Philadelphia, taking on the 76ers. Atlanta on the second half of the back-to-back as well. Uh, As we know, they are injury-ridden. So no injury report for them just yet, but we have a decent idea. It's pretty much every starter is out at the moment outside of John Collins. Uh, for the 76ers, Andre Drummond, Danny Green, Shake Milton, George Niang, and Ben Simmons have all already been ruled out. No game line yet for this one. Uh, looking at this Atlanta team, Cam Reddish went absolutely buck wild, really just kind of grabbed a hold of the offense tonight, was not shy shooting the ball whatsoever. So uh, getting a little bit of price boost. I think he was 37 coming into the night. Now he is 46, so $900 price increase. So, I mean, I think... I kind of want to lean towards not playing. Uh, as great as a play, he's still an option. I'm going to keep him in my player pool. But I'm a little worried about that price increase and just the raw ownership that's going to be gravitating towards him. He's in the player pool. He's a fine option. But on an 11-game slate, if you're playing GPPs, he might be worth just looking the opposite way. I still think we can go right back to the well with the, uh, guys like DeLon Wright. Uh, don't mind looking at Collins at 7300 And then the other guy I wanted to talk about would be Mr. Gorgeous Ding, uh, I think that he is certainly an option. He drew the start, kind of chopped up minutes a little bit with a but this is not necessarily an A matchup. I think we're more or less looking at the size of Ding. They're going to need it uh, going against a guy like Obid. and A Kungu can find himself in foul trouble very, very early in this matchup. And it would have shocked me if we see Bogdanovich sit this one out, knowing he just played his first game back from injury tonight, and being the second half of a the back-to-back. They may look if they if they have the bodies. Uh, That's the other question. They may look to rest him. Uh, I'm not too sure how they're going to go about that, but they played him off the bench. He played limited minutes, so he's not going to be a fancy option. So Really, it's going to be DeLon Wright, a little bit of Gorgeous Dang, and then uh, I wouldn't mind some John Collins. And and Listen, if you want to play Reddish, I won't argue against it. I think he only merits a complete fade if you're looking at GPPs.
1: Yeah, fair enough, and I think you've hit it. Uh, I probably won't end up fading uh, Cam Reddish. Again, that's ball forward eligibility, 4,600, just safe enough floor given the fact that Really, other than John Collins, no one's really going to be putting up 20 shots a game on this team. So just from that capability, he should be able to have a pretty safe floor. But as you said, it's, it's one of those where he's definitely going to have uh, increased ownership just based on the fact that people are going to see that he absolutely crushed this last game. So that could be an interesting fade. But at that price tag, it's probably pretty chalky to be able to get him. So I'll probably have him in a decent bit of my lineups just for that reason.
0: Can't argue with it, man. I mean, the dude is... If he's going to be shooting 20 times a game, he's, he's going to be a great play. Uh, but you, if you're faded, them you're just hoping that, you know, they got the, Philly's got most of their perimeter defensive players still there. As old as Danny Green is, he can still stay in front of a couple people. Uh, maybe the shot attempts just don't fall, and you end up taking advantage of that. But I can see him drawing like a 36% ownership, uh, maybe even higher on a slate like this. That's pretty high considering it's an 11-game slate, coming off of a big doozy in that last one. On the Philly side, who are you looking at?
1: Yeah, Fair enough. And I mean, it's interesting you mentioned Danny Green, but he was put into the uh, health and safety protocol, so he will not be there for this Thursday game. So that takes away more of that situation. But it brings my boy Matisse into play at 3,500. But uh, beyond that, I just really like uh, Seth Curry in general at the moment. I I just think he's taken over uh, the point guard capabilities just really, really well, even though Tyrese Maxey isn't on the injury report ahead of this game. I just feel like they're running the offense a lot nicer through him. Again, this is probably more of a cash play rather than GPP, because even though he's been absolutely killing it and having 47,000 requires you to pretty much have that kind of game, which... I expect he'll probably drop somewhere close to 40 again, just given uh, the way everything's working out. But obviously the same level of upside is not there. Uh, Embiid, I can't fault you ever for playing uh, him in this kind of a matchup. He's probably going to get the opportunity to dominate. But at 12,000, I think there's a couple of other uh, spend up guys that may actually be slightly cheaper than him, that I may like better tonight, and uh, that'll give me more opportunities to be able to play like John Collins, for instance, or uh, one of these other uh, you know, six, 7,000 guys that I may not have been able to fit in otherwise.
0: Yeah, I don't have a lot of interest over here. I think everyone's just kind of priced up, priced appropriately. Uh, I don't really want to spend the 7K on Curry with Maxi back in there. And now they are also expected to have Tyler Johnson available. Not like he's really going to eat into their minutes, but it's another ball handler that they have available. So I just don't see Seth Curry playing on ball as much in this game, knowing that they have a few more options. Uh, but nonetheless, it's a fantastic matchup. So I won't argue with anybody that wants to look at Atlanta. It, it, this one actually could get out of hand knowing Atlanta's on that second half of a back-to-back as well. They lost seven straight games. It's very well. It should be the eighth, uh, on to the fourth game of the night, 7:30 start time, Eastern standard Detroit Pistons traveling to Miami, taking on the heat in this one. Uh, neither team on a back-to-back, well, at least on the back end of one. But for the Pistons, Cade Cunningham is now in the health and safety protocols. Jeremy Grant still out. How many of is available? Uh, then we have Chris Smith, Kelly Olynyk, both ruled out. Corey Joseph is available as well. Frank Jackson is questionable. And then looking at the heat side of the ball, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Caleb Martin, Markeith Morris, Victor Oladipo, and P.J. Tucker have all been ruled out. So 206 game total. Miami favored by 10 in this one. We do have the line. I'll pass it over to you. Uh, Do we see any Saban Lee? Does he start or do you think they continue to roll with Corey Joseph? Yeah, I think that's going to be one of the major things I do look at because, one, I love
1: Saban Lee as a player in general. I think he should be getting a lot more minutes on this team over someone like Killian Hayes, for instance. But it all just comes down to the fact that They'll need him in a couple of these different lineups. Obviously, with Cade out, that's you know one of their primary ball handlers going off to the side. Uh, you know, so I don't like Sadiq Bey's price tag at 6700 seven hundred, even though he's likely gonna be you know needing to take twenty to twenty five shots. But knowing his percentages, he'll probably hit six of them and still not hit his value. So, kind of trying to stay away from that situation altogether. But between uh, Savin Lee Diallo and even Killian Hayes, I think those three have a, a great opportunity to be able to hit uh, some pretty decent value on here. I'm thinking like 6x plus, uh, especially Diallo, who uh, probably will have I'd say you know, the least ownership out of the three people seem to like playing Killian Hayes here and there but uh, Diallo again small forward 4,400 there's going to be a number of these guys that you can potentially play but I see him having the uh, second most shots on this team I think that gives him a, a great floor to be able to work with he's had 23 plus in his last two games and I mean that pretty much gets him uh, at his uh, at his price tag anyways and you have the upside for him to be able to get into the uh, low to mid 30s if he can get a shot going
0: I am most certainly not one of those guys that likes to play Killian Hayes. Yeah, I'm just wait. I'm gonna to have to wait and see what the starting lineup looks like. I mean, I don't. If I see Saban Lee starts, I'd have interest. Uh, I think he's still a decent option coming off the bench, but he's a little bit priced up to be, you know, really warranted uh, a ton of ownership at you know coming off the bench, probably playing 24 minutes. And then I think you know Diallo is probably the really only main guy that I do have any interest in on the uh, Miami side of the ball. It's going to be a cakewalk matchup for them. Kyle Lowry's been just playing fantastic. I'm not going to argue against it. He's really just kind of shouldering the workload, routinely putting up 42 DK point nights over the past three games. So, I don't, that's not enough for me at 85, especially in GPPs. I need a little bit more. And if this game gets out of hand, uh, we'll start to see a lot of these bench options just come into play. But with no PJ Tucker, they are going small. So, Max Strauss got his first NBA start. And when I saw that, uh, I was actually more shocked that that was actually his first start. I could have swore he started a game before, but it must have been all those games I was playing him in Summer League at 5,200, certainly an option uh, that we can consider, has that small forward eligibility that you would love so much. Uh, and then Gabe Vincent continues to be another option at 55, but I prefer stress just simply from a scoring ability standpoint. Gabe Vincent's probably the better ancillary stack kind of guy, though. So both those guys are probably going to be my two primary options. And then if I wouldn't argue against Tyler Hero, I just if this game gets out of hand, he's not a guy they're going to be pushing. Uh, He's only played about one game since coming back from that injury. I don't think that they're going to necessarily need to test it going against Detroit.
1: Yeah, I think you've uh, pretty much hit it. I mean, it's been great watching Kyle Lowry. I mean, It's my guy for life. So he's just been absolutely awesome given the entire situation. But yeah, his price tag is probably pretty fair for what his upside is going to be. Uh, I do agree that this is likely a matchup in which Miami will Walk over him, and that's why I'm actually considering a little bit of a Omar Yurtseven, Yurtseven, however it's going to be. But you can't uh, be the yeah. guy
0: asking me how to pronounce names, uh, especially before. I mean, you know, how the, <laughs> I, I actually gave you a nice shout out on last night's boss when I said uh, Wananabe. Uh, there I, you like, go. I, finally, I finally got it now, so it took me like three or four times to practice it, but uh, I had to give you your cred. Yeah, I appreciate that. But yes, with uh, we'll just go with Omer Y.
1: <laughs> Omer Y will uh, have it, his opportunities to be able to get into that low. Uh, you know 20s as far as his minutes are concerned and again at 4200 probably a little bit on the high side but it's just one of those pivots that uh, if the game does get out of hand I expect him to see more minutes just given the fact that Detroit will probably have to force Isaiah Stewart to be able to come out there Uh, so it's just one of those things where they'll likely throw a body out to be able to match it as they go uh, at least a little bit to, to be able to get onto that side but beyond that Uh, Gabe Vincent Strauss is probably my major guy as well. Uh, At 5,200, I probably would rather play Diallo or even um, uh, Okiki. No, Okiki Was what I was thinking. At 5,100, around that same uh, positional eligibility. But yeah, Reddish, of course. All those guys in that range are probably preferred. But again, you're looking for a pivot sometimes to get ahead uh, ahead of the game, ahead of the rest of the lineups. You may be looking into Max Strauss.
0: All right, and that is it. We'll move on to the next game, 7.30 Eastern Standard Time game. Washington Wizards traveling to New York, taking on the Knicks. Unfortunate news, Derek Rose had to go under, underneath the knife. Uh, ankle surgery, expected to miss the next eight weeks, so he is ruled out along with Emmanuel Quickly. Uh Noel, Miles McBride, Kevin Knox, R.J. Barrett, Quinton Grimes, very thin at the guard position. And for the Wizards, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Thomas Bryant, both ruled out. Rui Hachimura is questionable. Uh, everybody else that we need to mention is in the G League, I guess, Cassius Stanley, who has really no effect on those rotation regardless. Maybe he does once people start to go on the COVID list, but uh, for now he has no mention. So I'll pass it over to you. The Washington Wizards, what are your options?
1: Yeah, now I'll be honest. I don't have a lot of interest as far as the Washington Wizards lineup is concerned. They're all pretty fairly priced. The only one that uh, I may have just from a, a value standpoint is Danny Avdia. As you know, the coaches have come out and straight up said that they want to keep him on the floor as long as possible. It's just one of those things where he's fitting in a lot of different lineups for them. He's, uh, you know, just a lanky guy who's able to stand in front of a lot of positions. He can guard one through four, so he's getting up to that thirty-minute mark here. And as long as you know, he's staying in that you know, low four thousands, high three thousands, which is what he's been about. You know, three games straight, he's at 25 plus DK points, which is you know, a great floor to be able to have. And you know, he's been shooting pretty well in that time. I don't necessarily expect him to keep up 80 percent efficiency, but I also don't expect him to only have five field goal attempts, six field goal attempts, probably closer to that 10 that he got against Sacramento on a more regular night. So on a matchup like this, they keep being very, very thin uh, as far as uh, outside shooting is concerned if Beal isn't going hot. So you might be seeing uh, Abdia get a little bit more in there beyond that not not too interested i think there's better options at all those price points
0: all right i'm kind of right there with you i think Denny's the only option but i don't think he necessarily has the upside that we'll need uh for gpps but he remains a nice comfortable cash play if you land on him i I wouldn't mind that on the next side of the ball i keep it very very simple here i'm just looking at the backcourt uh kemba walker should continue to start especially with quickly and rose out he's playing heavy minutes 40 minutes in that last game 37 the game prior, 20 shot attempts in each of those, at least 40 DK points. He's going to be extremely chalky at that point guard position, but he's still a fantastic play. Uh, And then maybe even a little Evan Fournier as he has to continue playing big minutes as well. And 24 shot attempts in each of the last two games. I think those are two options that I would consider and probably the only two options I consider. Yep. I don't think anything else needs to be said. Those are the only two I had lined up as well. Perfect. We are motoring, my man. We are motoring. uh, And... 20 minutes in, we're on the sixth game. Milwaukee Bucks traveling to Dallas, taking on what is left of my Mavericks, Luka Doncic, now in the health and safety protocols because he decided to sit on the bench. Uh, Great job. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., Maxi Kleber, Luka, Josh Green, Willie Collie stein Trey Burke, Reggie Bullock, all ruled out. And then the Bucks on the second half of the back-to-back, so we do not have a game line for this or an injury report for that team. I will pass it over to you with this Milwaukee team, We've been riding some of these guys. Can we continue doing it? Yeah, man. In general, you're just going to be seeing the uh,
1: the main usage going to Drew, and I can never fault you for playing him at that low 8,000. That's a pretty comfortable play anytime he's able to uh, continue getting the usage that he is now. Even with Middleton back, that's just kind of, Actually helped a little bit because it takes uh, you know, a bit of that pressure off from Drew not getting doubled up as much as possible. But beyond that, Jordan Nwora continues to be my favorite play as far as the Bucks are concerned. Yeah, his minutes were a little bit down today, but honestly, that's because the Rockets matchup was just absolutely doo they're a terrible team and they didn't need an to play any more than 23 minutes still dropped a 15 and nine in that game so i think uh, even with the price bump it's a pretty comfortable play for me i think he's got the upside to be able to get into that mid 30s as far as DK points are concerned on a consistent basis right now and they just don't have anyone else in the front court cousins is still kind of working himself back into that game shape yeah he got a little bit more minutes in the last game but i just don't trust him to be able to get you know more minutes he's ended up uh what was it in the last game? I was trying to see his minute total, 27 minutes in this game as well. So I don't know how many he'll play on the second half of back-to-back, so I'll just feel more comfortable playing Jordan Noir in this game.
0: Yep, right there with you. Those are the two main guys I am considering, and the back-to-back does worry me slightly with Cousins. Um, and not to mention, we talked about a few other centers, like Robin Lopez, who just seems like he's a little bit more consistent and safe, especially if you're looking at cash games. But Cousins is still going to be viable, I think, in GPPs. And then now that Middleton and Holiday are back, it takes the shine away from Connaughton and Grayson Allen. I think those guys are still in play, but nothing more than like you know pivot pieces. But again, so many guys in that 5K range that we will talk about and have talked about where I don't think I'll end up landing on them. Uh, on the Dallas side of the ball, it's a complete mess over here. Uh, absolute just kind of you know, dog water mess when it comes to the rotations, who they're playing, who they have available. Uh, I mean, we could continue playing Jalen Brunson, but not at $8,500. i will probably take a pass there. We'll have to wait and see on Porzingis. I kind of have him more on the doubtful side, uh, the way I'm looking at things. Dorian Finney-Smith has been a guy I have been playing at 5900 though. It's really starting to get up there in price tag. But if we see Porzingis is out, he'll still be my player pool. But just in all honesty, I don't see myself having too many shares. And I don't think I want to pay 4700 for Sterling Brown either. We've talked about just so many guys in that price range as well who I just think have a little bit more upside. I wouldn't be expecting another necessarily, a double-double from them like you did in that last one. So I do not have much interest in my Mavericks whatsoever. I'm glad you said it and not me, because, yeah, I just straight up crossed them out. I
1: didn't like Brunson's price tag. Sterling Brown has gotten too expensive as well. And, I mean, as much as I'd like to say, hey, Theo Pinson could potentially be in play, I can't trust his minutes to be uh, anything more than that 22. And, uh, yeah, he got up to 26 in that game, but I just think there's better upside guys that are available. At that price tag
0: the fandom goes away when it comes to dfs and fantasy it just has to uh, as much as i'd like to say yes play play my favorite team's players uh, they stink so don't charlotte board it's traveling to denver uh taking on the nuggets the nuggets on a second half of a back-to-back and really kind of just laying a dookie bomb uh Jokic. Jokic, i think we we're talking in the air he's the only player in my lineup who's down on fire and every single lineup that i have him in he's the one guy that's not killing it so I should end up profiting, but it could have been a big night if he just didn't stink. And Well, there was, I think, six minutes left in the game when I said this, but uh, he is far, far away from paying off that salary at that six-minute mark. So Vernon Carey has been ruled out as well as Kai Jones. Uh, Cody Martin still in the health and safety protocols. JT Thor is in the G League. So not really. Pretty much almost a fully healthy team over there for the Hornets, and that's in comparative sake to these other teams. And then no injury report right now for the Nuggets. No game total, no spread. I'll pass it over to you looking at Charlotte who are you uh, who do you have?
1: Absolutely. And you know LaMelo has gotten his minutes total back to normal at 33 minutes in the last game against Utah and still sub 10,000 at this moment. He hasn't been shooting you know, supremely well since his return. Had a good one in his first game back, but has had two bad games in a row. I expect him to bounce back from that and just in this kind of a matchup Uh, Even though, uh, you know, Denver's coming on back to back and players usually playing in Denver aren't always amazing in that scenario. Just, you know, the mile high, all that stuff always kicks in in second halves. I do expect LaMelo to have a a good game over here. And at 9,900, he's probably, you know, of that uh, 9,000 to 10,000 range, probably one of my favorite guards to be able to go with today. And it's just one of those things where if I like LaMelo on a night, I just naturally end up liking Miles Bridges on a night. It's just one of those where they go together like peanut butter and jelly. They're both going to get the same kind of shot attempts. And if Lamelo's having a big assist game, it's probably because Miles Bridges is going off and he's sub 8000 at the moment as well, which is you know, not the case that or not what has been the case for a long part of the season. He's just been absolutely on fire. So I think this is a good price point for him to be able to uh, take advantage of a uh, Denver team that's also a little beleaguered as far as their roster is concerned. And you know, they're going to try to run him out of the building.
0: Can't argue with it. Absolutely, Lamelo is in play for me. I probably won't end up on as much Bridges. Just don't want to just overwhelm myself with this game. And you know, once you spend your much that much money on those two players, all of a sudden uh, there's little salary left and a lot of other options that we've already talked about and still will with four games left after this one. But I do think I have I will have some fair shares of Lamelo. Uh, there's only three guys I'm really looking at on this entire slate worth spending up on. Him being one of those guys. On the other side of the ball, it's a great bounce box spot for Jokic as he's burning me right now. The best time to play a stud that you know has just an amazing floor and amazing ceiling is when he's burned people. Uh, we know Charlotte has been giving up points in bunches to opposing centers, especially ones that have an offensive-minded focus. So, 12-2 is an expensive price tag, but I'm still worth. Uh, I, th- I think still think it's worth paying for. So, I will have some shares of Jokic. He's the only player on Denver that I really have any interest in.
1: Yeah, and I mean, he only ended up playing 24 minutes in that game against OKC. He didn't come back in those last six minutes just because it was a bit of a lost cause and they just weren't playing well. So they decided to sit him out, get him a little bit of a breather. So a great bounce back spot. Uh, the other interesting spot is, uh, you know, with Bones Highland actually suffering an ankle sprain in this game, he didn't end up coming back, questionable to return in general. Uh, so that brings uh, Compasso into play, just purely from the fact that, uh, you know, he ended up closing out the game. He ended up with uh, about that, that uh, mid to high, 20 minutes uh, 26 minutes actually so it's just one of those things where you know if he gets a decent amount of minutes decent amounts of usage he just happens to end up being a guy that you uh, land on you'll probably find that he'll be able to hit his value should get somewhere into the uh, mid 25 somewhere close to 30 dk points uh, all things considered so he's my other guy in the uh, player pool for me
0: all right We'll keep it moving. 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Minnesota Timberwolves traveling to Utah, taking on the Jazz for Minnesota. Patrick Beverly, Anthony Edwards, Josh Okogie, Torian Prince, all rolled out. Jalen Noel and Nas Reed are questionable, and I forgot to mention Jared Vanderbilt. He is rolled out as well. And Utah, fully healthy. Uh, one of the few teams that is missing no one, really, that is, is important, I guess, for the rotation. Uh, we'll start off with Minnesota here. It's not the best spot on paper for them. It's not the best matchup. Not playing Carly Anthony Towns going against Gobert. Uh, D'Angelo Russell is a fair price tag. I think he makes for a warranted GPP pivot, but again, it would be, if I'm playing a 20-entry max, it might be one lineup, two lineups I have, and I don't have that much confidence or faith in him. So, I mean, I was looking at Noel as a value play. They, you know, he ended up, getting hurt in that game i believe it was a twisted ankle so i'll probably just have some shares of malik beasley at 51 but overall i just don't have the confidence in this minnesota team
1: yeah fair enough i think the other spot that you that's of interest to me is Jaden mcdaniels just purely because of everyone that's been out he's just been forced to play the kind of minutes he had he had 39 minutes in the last game against dallas where he put up a 29.5 dk points again continues to be in that uh Know, lowish enough price range that there's enough upside for him to be able to pay that off pretty well should be able to get somewhere close to that 30 uh once again and against utah it's just one of those matchups where i usually don't like going to many guys but as a pivot uh i think mcdaniels is in play and he already spoke about malik beasley he's going to probably take somewhere close to 18 to 20 shots just given the fact that they'll need him out on the perimeter so he's definitely in play for his price tag as well on the utah side i Always, I was laughing earlier because of all the teams that could potentially be completely healthy. It's the team that started it all that just happens to have nobody sitting out there. But the downside is, because of that, they're all very fairly priced. Uh, Rudy Gobert at 9700 you know, Mitchell at 95 Really a little too expensive for uh, what I'm looking to have today. And just the rest of the guys don't get enough uh, usage and consistency for me to really, really like them. Uh, Royce O'Neal is one of those guys that I always just kind of have in my player pool because he's just... One of those dudes that, uh, you know, rock solid pl- floor. I play him more in cash games than GPP, but he just always ha- happens to have one of those games where he can get himself into that uh, low to mid-30s if he can get a couple of those threes going for himself. So at his price tag, I think that's an interesting spot to just have him. But beyond that, I think I'm just skipping most of these Utah guys.
0: Yep, I am all set, not playing any of them. Uh, just don't like the price tags. I think there's better guys available at different, you know, spots and different positions, different price tags all over, all around. So, We'll not have any Utah. I mean, honestly, we're getting to the next game, but I think I might just skip this one as well. OKC traveling to Phoenix, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Uh, OKC on the second half of back-to-back for the Phoenix Suns. Everybody is good to go pretty much outside of Sarge, Kaminsky, Abdul Nader. Guys that have been out for a while now. Uh, Another team fully healthy, just absolutely cruising this season, looking fantastic. And going against the complete opposite end of the spectrum, the worst team in the NBA, pretty much, uh, who it likes to lose. And for those reasons, I just don't see a reason to play anybody in this game entirely. So, I'll pass it over to you if you want to just give me your take on OKC and Phoenix. If you have anybody in there, uh, and then we will move on because I just don't. I'm just not playing anybody. Yeah, fair enough.
1: Uh, on the OKC side, I I always keep. Uh alex gillage alexander in my player pool especially because he's just one of those guys who likes to to have good games against good matchups it's like, like yeah the rest of my team sucks but at least i want to prove that i can hang with the big boys at all times had a monster triple double tonight against uh, against denver which just absolutely showed up against them 27 11 and 12. so at 8700 you know the upside is there with him he can have a 50 point night on any given night as long as you know the game is kept at least somewhat close Obviously, on a back-to-back, you start to worry a little bit about that. But on the other hand, uh, Darius Baisley as well at 4,300. You know, I feel like he has a rock-solid floor. Uh, he's been playing somewhere close to that 30 minutes uh, each game out there. And you know, he gets enough rebounds to kind of hang with the fact that even though he isn't a very good shooter, he's just able to keep chucking him up and get something up there. But again, more of a pivot rather than main interest. And I'm absolutely not interested in anyone in Phoenix, even though I'd love that You know, at 4,000 roulette that we've spoken about so many times. I just think uh, there's just better options today, and
0: I just don't like their price tags for the main guys. All right. Ready to move on to the next one? Yep. Memphis Grizzlies traveling the Golden State, taking on the Warriors. This is a 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Andre Iguodala, Damian Lee, Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, and James Wiseman have all been rolled out. And then we have Brandon Clark, Sam Merrill, Zyra Williams, all rolled out, while John Karnchar and Tyus Jones are both questionable. Got to keep an eye on the injury news for them, I guess. Probably not. Uh, but then looking at the game total, uh, we do not have it. Uh, for a second, I thought this is one that we'd actually have, but we don't. Uh, so looking at this Memphis team to start, Ja Morant is back in this lineup. He's at a fair price tag of 8600 which is actually pretty cheap for Ja with how well he was playing in the beginning half of the season. Uh, he's only played 28 minutes in his first game back. We should probably see him over that 30-minute threshold because he came out of that game just fine. Uh, at 8600 yeah, absolutely wards a look. Uh, if I'm not playing, you know, a little mellow or a nice high price point guard, I mean, just looking at some of the guys that are in that realm uh, around that price tag, he's probably one of the better options. I think I prefer him, you know, you mentioned Shea, I prefer him over Shea, Booker, Brunson, uh, I prefer him over Kyle Lowry. Uh, maybe not as much in cash. We would probably prefer Kyle Lowry in cash, but for my tournaments and even Drew Holiday. So I don't know where I'm going to end up falling on him, but I definitely have some interest in him because if he, this game stays close, which I think it has the makings to, uh, I definitely think that John Morant at 8,600 to really go off in this game if he plays 30 plus minutes. But with him back, it takes the shine and the luster away from a lot of these other guys like Desmond Bain D'Anthony Anthony Melton. A lot of these guys that we were cashing in on, uh, including even Dylan Brooks, still got his shot attempts up in that last one. Took 23 shots, but uh, not hitting him on an elite clip, 6,800, I'll probably end up taking a pass. That's probably it. It's really just going to be John Morant for me.
1: Yeah, and funny you mentioned, John Morant, that you're finally going to not take one on the chin with him, have him in your player pool. That's nice to hear. Against Golden State, it's just one of those matchups where... I mean it's just become a thing now. Like Jaw just loves playing against the Warriors, draw fifty two point eight in the first game against them too. And obviously if we go back to the play in tournament of last time, it was just, you know, Jaw who ended up taking him out and I just feel like they both marked this matchup for each other to be able to go. So even though Jaw's coming just on a second game back, I think at eighty six hundred, there's more than enough upside for him to have a really, really good game in this one as well. Uh, you mentioned all those 8,000 guys. I'll be honest. I think Drew is probably the only one, if I was to like have a gun to my head and decide, uh, that I would pick over job, ja, But uh, I think I'll have a, a decent amount of exposure to Ja Morant in this game. And I still continue to like Desmond Bain for his price tag. Uh, 6,200 is just... Uh, A guy that can rack up rebounds for his uh, out of position, which helps the fact that he's going to get somewhere close to 20 shots a game, and he's been super efficient all year long. I mean, he had a great game the first time around against the Warriors as well, and he's been absolutely killing it away from home, especially he's actually shooting 49% from three away from home compared to 34 at home. So it's just one of those things where I like the situation. I think this will be a close game, just as you mentioned. And I think if that's going to happen, it'll be because alongside John Morant, uh, it'll be Desmond Bain doing really well. And I am avoiding Jaron Jackson in this oh, matchup. There, it is. <laughs> there you go. I have to throw that out there. Avoiding Jaron Jackson in this matchup. I think at that, uh, at that price tag, just for today, um, I I think there's a couple of other forward options. I'll probably end up playing someone like a Josh Hart in that uh, forward slot instead of uh, a Jaron Jackson for this game, just for 6,200.
0: Well, there we have it. Me and Harris can check ourselves into the health and safety protocols because I'm playing John Morant, and he's not playing Jaron Jackson. So uh, switching it up a little bit. On the Golden State side of the ball, Uh, Steph Curry, not going to tell you not to play him. I think I prefer two other studs on this slate at similar price tags a little bit more, but he went off against his team earlier in the season for 60 DK points. Almost. I think it was 59.8. Uh, so absolutely in play. Don't get me wrong. I just prefer to spend down on either LaMelo or John Morant or some of these value options that we've talked about, uh, just based on my lineup construction at the moment, things could change news breaks, but as of right now, I will probably be on uh, the lower half of Steph Curry ownership. And that's probably one of the only guys on this team I will really consider. Uh, you know, we should see that, you know, the wing position with now Damian Lee uh, likely ruled out as well that who knows? He was, he's was he been one of the guys that's been drawing starts. They're not going to have Iguodala. So this could be a decent auto porter spot at 4,800. You could consider him as well. But again, it's another forward to throw into that. We're always talking about the small forward depth, man. I think we have too much of it at this point. Uh, because he's right in the thick of things with all those other guys that we spoke about already. And I just don't know where he stacks up. I think he makes for a pivot off of them uh, because he definitely is going to have the upside. He should see the minutes in this one. But at the end of the day, there's probably other guys that you feel a little bit more comfortable about.
1: Yeah, I agree completely. I think when I Think about the guys that I want to throw out there. It all just comes down to usage, shot attempts for me. Otto Porter is kind of there as a, a defensive anchor in many ways. We I mean, got four blocks in the last game as well. He uh, offers a lot of that help defense going into the paint and they're using him for a lot more of that rather than purely uh, having the ability to shoot the ball. So he's going to be there in the corner. And then when gravity comes in on Draymond and Steph Curry, they kick out to him. So it's just not uh, my most preferred play. And at 4,800, it's probably just a little too high for my liking. If he was still sitting at that 3,700 last game, I probably would be a lot more interested in him, but uh, less than Steph Curry, I'm definitely more interested in Draymond, just given the fact that with everything else out there, uh, with no Wiggins, especially, which takes uh, some of that usage out of his hands and back into Draymond. Draymond's probably looking into triple-double category and and uh, have that last game, 55.25. Anytime he's below 8,000 in those kind of scenarios, I really like to play him. And... And that power forward slash center eligibility, I can throw him into my forwards. And instead of Steph Curry, I could go for someone like LaMelo Ball, and I can go ahead and get Draymond in here just because I want some exposure to the game.
0: Can't argue with that. Final game of the night, San Antonio Spurs traveling to L.A., taking on the Lakers. For the Lakers, Trevor Ariza is probable along with LeBron. And then we have Avery Bradley, Anthony Davis, Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn, Austin Reeves all ruled out for the Spurs. They are good to go outside of the normal Injuries with like Zach Collins uh, and a couple guys in the G League. Pass it over to you, San Antonio. I'm a little torn on some of these players. Normally I'm a big DeJounte Murray guy, but I think I just prefer LaMelo, uh, John Morant over him. But the dude coming off one of his best games of the season, put up 73 DK points almost, triple-doubled. I think he set the Spurs franchise record for the most triple-doubles in the season, and we still have plenty of games left. So is he a guy that you're keeping in your player pool? Yeah,
1: he had his sixth triple double in that one, which beat him all out. So that's pretty crazy. And yes, he would be in my player pool normally, but honestly, as you said, at that ten thousand uh, price range, I'd rather play Lamelo. Frankly, I'd l- I'd rather play uh, I don't know, a couple of these guys at that nine thousand price range to be able to get him over uh, Deontay Murray just on this one today. And also, just given the fact that he's coming off that 73 DK points one, he's likely going to have people box score chasing and throwing him in a little bit more as far as lineups are concerned. I just think there's better options out there. In general, You know, if the Lakers are decent at anything, they're pretty decent defensively. Their offense has just been kind of out and about i don't i don't even know what's going on with that team it's just terrible but they're able to keep their guys in front of them and usually you'll find that uh guards themselves aren't having great nights against uh against the major areas as far as the lakers are concerned so i'm probably not too interested overall as far as the uh, spurs are concerned i always keep kelton johnson in my player pool just because at sub 6000 i think he's got uh the upside to be able to get anywhere between 35 to 40 on any given night uh he's gotten Pretty close to that in his last three games, nothing lower than thirty two, which pays off uh, his current price tag. But again at, at power forward and again at that's five thousand seven hundred. You can go back to Josh Hart at sixty two hundred. You can look at uh you know some of these other forwards as well. Noora at five thousand would probably play over Kellen Johnson as well. So altogether probably avoiding most of the spurs on this game
0: tonight. On the Lakers side of the ball, it's very simple. It's probably just going to be LeBron James for me. Uh, 11-3, the way that the Lakers have just been getting toyed around with, eventually he's just going to continue to go full takeover mode. Uh, The shot attempts were kind of down early in the season, but now we're starting to see him hit 19, 20 shot attempts. It feels like on pretty much a regular basis. He's hitting them at an elite clip over the past two games. Uh, He's taken less three-pointers, which I think is very good for his game just because he's not that good at him. Um, You know, the king, don't get me wrong, huge LeBron guy, but he takes these early, you know, shot clock three-pointers, and it really just throws off the momentum for this Lakers team. All of a sudden in transition, they are absolutely terrible in transition defense, especially with Anthony Davis off the floor. Uh, Put up 50 DK points in that last game with very unlike uh, LeBron ancillary stats. So I have no problem going back. I think this is a great matchup for him loves going against Popovich, and just knowing that this Spurs team just doesn't have, like, the defensive makeup for a guy like LeBron. I don't know who they're probably going to try to match up with him. Maybe it's Keldon. Maybe it's, you know, Devin Vassell. Uh, regardless of who it is, they're, he's going to be running through them like a, like a truck, uh, in my opinion. So where do I rank him as far as some of these other studs? I think I still prefer Jokic if I have the money, but he's got point guard. He's got small forward eligibility. We've talked about some pretty rock-solid center options that we could play. It's really just going to come down to what your lineup construction looks like. But I'm definitely going to keep my player pool as of now. He's probably right up there with, I've mentioned there's three high price guys I'm really looking at. It's him, it's LaMelo, it's Jokic. Those are the three guys I have consideration for.
1: Yeah, fair enough. And I mean, as far as LeBron's concerned, I don't think you can ever go wrong with him. But me personally, anytime Anthony Davis is out, I actually find myself playing Westbrook that little bit more. I just think uh, that's the main area where usage ends up going. So because Westbrook is going to be the guy who gets the ancillary stats for this team, you know, when Anthony Davis is out, he's going to go and grab his double digit rebounds and everything else kind of comes into play Uh, for him. As far as I'm concerned, it's all about whether his shots are going for him and he's coming in hot. He's had uh, over 50% in two of his last three games. And just in general has been looking a lot better with his shot selection and comfort in general. I think some of the uh, worries about these internal talks of trading Westbrook, all of that has got him taking it a little bit personally. So I expect him to have a a big game. He also loves going up against Popovich. Uh, Some of his big career games have been against the San Antonio Spurs. And in the two games this year as well, he's dropped 53 DK points on average. So uh, I think uh, out of the two, I probably uh, like Westbrook a little bit more 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 than LeBron. I know uh, people will probably go the other way. But uh, at 9900, I'd probably end up playing LaMelo over Westbrook as well. So it's really between those two as far as I'm concerned. And maybe a little bit of Taylor Horton Tucker just as a, as a pivot. Again, uh, 5200 is definitely a higher price. But again, he got one of 13 in his last game as far as uh, shots are concerned. Right. So it's obviously a bounce back spot for him. He's going to get the minutes. He's going to get his double digit shot attempts. And uh, usually he can get a couple of uh, assists and rebounds to go along with that as well. You know, averages around four and four on uh, on those sides of the thing. So as long as his shot's not completely on the crapper, I think he'll be a, a pretty good uh, pivot from everything else. If you want a little bit of exposure in the game.
0: Put another forward on the board. There you go. In the, in that 5K range, absolutely. Uh, that brings us home. That is all 11 games. Now we will get to our, our games, uh, which is our player tier segment. I'll let you lead off. Who's your high-priced player that you're looking at? Yeah, and I, I think
1: I've uh, mentioned it a couple of times already, just LaMelo Ball. I like the fact that uh, he's in a spot where, his minutes are getting back to normal at sub 10,000. I always love his upside because as far as I'm concerned, if he's all systems go, his floor is sitting at 50. So it's just one of those opportunities that I think we'll get to, to see him take advantage of. And uh, a Denver team, which is lacking as far as its guards are concerned in general, are going to have a really hard time dealing with the shiftiness of the ball. At 9900, I think you've got a rock solid floor and a sky high upside for him.
0: So I'll, I'll go a little off that off the board, but, you know, outside of LeBron and Jokic, obviously the two of the highest priced guys on the slate. I'll go with John Moran, 8600 and just hope that his minutes limit is up. It's only a second game back, but this is a fantastic matchup for him. You said it perfectly before when we were talking about that game. Uh, and if he plays 34 to 33 minutes, I, I can easily see him paying off that $8600 price tag quite easily. And then we will go to the mid tier. So that is 7900 or less, my friend. Who's your top option
1: yeah and i think there's a couple of really good options to be able to take over here uh but i still will stick with the guy i scratched on the first time around which is kemba walker 5900 is just in a situation where now with derek rose out with uh evan fournier really the only other guy alongside him you know, alec verks has kind of seen his usage dissipate a little bit from everything else has been kemba walker who's just coming and absolutely taking over he's obviously back in the rotation now he's getting the start He's getting the minutes. He's getting 21 shot attempts a game. Uh, He's dropped 40 in each of those. he would probably be a a little bit chalky, so pardon the easy pick on there. Jordan Nuora would be my other one, but I think at 5,900, there's not much better options as far as that price tag is concerned.
0: Well, there you go. You just made it easier for me because I was between Nuora and Kiki, but since you just threw his name out there, I'll go with the other. Uh, I'll go with Kiki then. I, I think both those guys right at that 5K mark are fantastic value plays. I can't believe they haven't gotten bumped up a little bit more for how well they have been playing. I like the matchup for both of them, so sign me up. Uh, Those would be the two guys I'm looking at. And then for a value play, who do you got?
1: Yeah, and Again, I think the uh, to me the easy one would be Cam Reddish to be able to go with that 4,600. But I'm going to switch it up and say uh, Hernan Gomez at 3,800 is going to be the guy to be able to go with on a slate where you know there are a number of centers that you could potentially go with. I think this is a, a good spot to be able to save a little bit of money and uh, put that money up towards some of the uh, higher price guards and forwards that we're seeing otherwise. At 3800, I think his rock solid floor is obviously going to be there without uh, JV in the lineup. You should be able to see him get to that 25 minute mark, which is really all he needs to be able to get somewhere near into the mid to high 30s, if not even 40. So I love his upside. I love the uh, the matchup over here just being you know, an Orlando team that's also missing a good bit of their front court. So it should allow him to dominate and hopefully we can see a good night from him.
0: Yep. And I'll stick with the Orlando theme and keep talking about the same guys I've been talking about, which is Robin Lopez at 4,500. We'll stick to the centers as well. Uh, dude's just been killing it. Uh, we're talking three straight games at at least 30 DK points. He's 4,500. He's going against a Pelicans team where you just said it. Their best front court member is sitting out. Uh, so yeah, sign me up. I'm good with Robin Lopez. We could have went with a number of those Hawks guys, I feel like as well. But I like the consistency that we're seeing out of Robin Lopez, and he's offering some term, uh, tournament upside each and every night. Uh, did it today in an in, unconventional in in way as well, too. So uh, definitely a guy I like. And then now we will shift gears over to Thrive Fantasy, guys. Don't forget to head over there if you're not signed up. Sign up. Use that promo code ETHOS. They will give you 100% instant deposit match on up to $100. What is your top prop bet of the night? Yeah, man. Yeah, I didn't mention
1: Bradley Beal just because I don't like his price tag, but I do like him over here in Thrive Fantasy tonight. Uh, 35.5 total for points, rebounds, and assists. Gets you a cool 105. I think he'll be able to beat that pretty con- pretty comfortably just given the fact that uh, the rest of the lineup really needs him to be able to handle that ball and get those shots up. And he's playing at the Garden, so you know that just gets the Stars to shoot that a little bit more. So it's a good spot there.
0: Yeah, not, can't go wrong with that whatsoever. I think the guy that I will look at I'm going to stay on brand here. John Morant, 21.5 total points. I'll take the over on that going against Golden State. I mean, if he's going to play 30-plus minutes, he'll probably easily have close to 20 shot attempts, uh, get to the free throw line. He only needs to knock down about you know, that at a 45% clip if he gets to the free throw line at least three to five times. So I will take the over on it. It's a clean 110 points. We try to stay away from those easy ones and try to get you guys a little bit more points out of this action. So I think that is the one I will roll with. And that is it, my friend. That is the entire 11 game slate. And we say it every time as a joke, but by the time you guys actually hear this, who knows what remains relevant, and what changes? Uh, just follow the news, get in the Discord, uh, do what you guys have to do to make sure that you are on top of it. If you can't be on top of it when lineups are locking and slates are locking, you might just want to you know temper expectations, lower your volume as play because it's a wild world in the NBA. Follow us on Twitter. You can find me at Mike Apotria. M I K E A P O T R I A Harris. Let them know where the Absolutely. hot takes and the spicy ones come from. There you go. It's
1: it's a wild world out there. So you want to have a spot where you can go to feel a little bit safe, a spot where you can go to vent it out. And you can always do it with me in my DMs, in my messages at HAK underscore devil. Always a good spot to be able to talk about all things NBA. You know, I love my uh, love my top shot. I love my uh, lineups in general. So just a lot of stuff that I'll have out there. And you're
0: always welcome to engage with it. I get a couple of guys messaging me on the daily. So it's been a good time. Absolutely. And again, give us a thumbs up five star rating review wherever you are listening to this subscribe YouTube stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple, uh, you name it, it is there. Uh, We greatly appreciate it, guys. We see them come through here and there. You hear me say it all the time. Very cliche sounding. I get it. But it really does mean a lot to us. So if you have a quick moment and you haven't done so already. Uh, Head over there, take you all a couple minutes, let us know what you think, if you want us to do different segments, if you want to add stuff in, whatever you think we can do to make your fancy day and your lineup building a little easier for you, we are open to it. So we will be back tomorrow, Uh, just kidding, we won't, because uh, there is no games on Christmas Eve. So we get a night off from the podcast, it's the only time that we take a night off is if there's no games. Uh, but we are going to be doing that christmas slate. I will be handling it myself You will see that come out bright and early on saturday morning So just keep your eyes out for it if you're looking for it I usually record the weekend ones in the morning just to give a night where I could take my girlfriend out that way She does not hate me as much uh, because basketball kind of consumes uh, a lot of my life harris. I, I don't know if anybody's known this already, but uh, they got to keep her happy once in a while. And I think, you know, trying to put on, bought off those weekend shows in the morning is the easiest way I can find some, some middle ground, uh, compromise, uh, in the relationship. But so keep your eye out for that guys. Thank you for listening. Take care. And let's take down this tournament.